I'm Arie Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan. Welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W using X's and O's along with key stats to bring honest and critical analysis. Folks, we have one of the biggest names in women's basketball coverage, Sue Favor. Sue, welcome to the show. And honestly, I know that was like a quick intro, but your resume is too long for me to give you a proper intro. So could you kind of just tell the folks a little bit about yourself and also just mention how long have you been covering the W? Well, that's a very nice thing to say. Thank you, my friend. Um, I have been a women's basketball uh, fan or aficionado since about 1981-82 season, the first season that the NCAA had a uh, championship for women. And then I uh, have been covering the game for 10 years and uh, have, have had a blog since that time and then a website, uh, womenshoopsworld.com, since 2015. And, man, it's just been some really, really amazing and great times covering the Final Fours, the NCAA tournament along the way, um, WNBA games along the way, playoff games. It's just been really a journey. And then just watching players, you know, grow up in front of my eyes. And um, it's just a really, really great game with a, a lot of great people in it. Yeah, I mean, that that's perfectly put. So uh, a little bit back, Rachel and I started something that we like to call continuing the, the discussion or continuing the conversation. Um, and it's basically us talking about the WNBA games that happened today, or if you're listening to this on Monday, that happened yesterday. Um, let's start off quick with Lynx Wings. You know, Cambage goes down. They keep fighting and really come out with, uh, with down-to-the-wire game. Liz has been playing amazing this season, so I don't want this question or this, this thought that I want from both of you uh, to sound bad. But do we think that Dallas played better maybe in the second half because they rely on Liz too much? Rachel, are you going to I'll let you start. <laughs> I, was, I was like, boy, that's <laughs> okay, okay, loaded. Okay. Um, yeah, you know what? I did I did catch that comment on social media uh, in the middle of all the games that I was attending. And, um, man, it's hard for me to say something like that. Um I don't, I don't even know if I would agree that they rely too much on Liz. I know she takes a lot of abuse in the post and, and whatnot, but um, that just saying that would kind of insult Skylar Diggins-Smith, in my opinion, and she's been having a heck of a season just putting up some, you know, all-star numbers right off top. So I don't know if I would agree with that, but um, I would probably tend to guess without having talked to them uh, that they probably just wanted to step up just for her and because they need, knew they needed to step up. So hats off to them. You know, they had uh, Alicia Gray stepped up today. Kayla Thornton has been stepping up, continuing to do so. I mean, hey, they, they really made it a heck of a game and, and just also kept, you know, kept the links on their toes. Everybody's been pretty high on all the links are back, the links are back. But it's still pretty wide open at this point, you guys, as far as who's going to do what. So it was a good reminder of that today. And, and before Rachel answers, I just want to one-up you, Sue, and say I have Skylar in my MVP rankings, too. So, Yes. I would put her there, too. Somebody uh, – there was some list on WNBA uh, – WNBA – some list. Anyway, she wasn't on the list a couple weeks ago. We were talking about that on social media. Like, why isn't Skylar on the list? Like, that's, that's just silly. She's exactly better – better this year than she has in a few like what oh my gosh yeah and everybody yeah. last year was like okay she had a great season but is it possible for her to play better and she just came out like yes it is and i'm doing it yeah and she's real determined just full of fire and determination we're working her tail off over the winter so all right you and i are on the same page with that give her some <laughs> props you know what i'm saying she's definitely definitely leading that team rachel your thoughts 
you know, I, you know, I'm like driving the Liz Cambage train um, myself. So I think it's, I think it's outlandish to say that they played better without her. Um, I think it was a different look and I agree with you, Sue. I, I really think what it was is, you know, that that's such a big blow. Um, and it was really, it was really spearheaded by Skylar Diggins Smith, who just absolutely came out. Like she had like smoke coming out of her. Like <laughs> she was like on a mission that like, I don't know that I've seen a ton like, like, like that from her. I, I agree. Uh, she, she just literally was like, we're doing this. It doesn't matter. Everybody step up. You know, and and, every, and, and and that energy that she played with was so contagious and it really trickled down through everybody on the team. Um, and it, they gave themselves a chance and that's really all you can ask for. Um, I think they did a really good job inside defending fouls. Um, uh, Glory Johnson, her footwork um, inside really, really kind of made it difficult for fouls to get position. Um, and then when, you know, when the ball did come in, they did a really good job of kind of trapping it and making it really frustrating for fouls to get going. So, I, you know, you know, you, Cambage goes out and you think, oh, man, just pounded inside of fouls. Well, I think they did, they did a really good job kind of responding to that defensively. Everything for the wings was on the defensive end of the floor, and it was sparked by Skylar Diggins. They gave themselves a chance. I just think down the stretch, you know, you had um, Glory Johnson miss that wide-open layup that really could have changed the outcome of the game. Um, she, she goes one for nine. Um, Stevens goes 0 for 3, um, Alicia Gray, you know, 5 for 13. So, so there, you know, there's some, there's some just missed shots in there that if you get one or two of those to fall, especially that Glory Johnson layup at the end, it, it's a different outcome. But um, it was a great game. Um, you know, I, I, I think it, it was fun to see the Wings play with that much energy. It has to be deflating to not be able to, to push through that and get that win. But, I mean, that, that's a, you're, you're playing the defending champs, you know. Um, had there been another five minutes in that game, would things look a little bit different? Possibly. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was a great game. And like you said, there's still a ton to be played, um, especially, you know, we're at the halfway point of the season. So, um, yeah, the Lynx are on a roll. Um, they're, they're probably the hottest team in the league right now. Um, I think anyone's crazy if they're surprised by it. <laughs> you know, we, we, we know what this is capable of. So, uh, but you know, they're, they're going to lose probably here soon and they can't keep this thing going forever. Um, you know, they'll hit a hiccup or a bump in the road, just like every other team is continuing to hit. Um, and if they don't, well then that, that's even more incredible, but uh, I thought it was a great game and, and definitely very entertaining. Yeah. So I, I have to ask this, I know it might be a little bit early in some people's mind to be worried about, uh, worried about Dallas, but Sue, what do you think's wrong with Dallas? I know it has, like, we can sit, we can clump it to consistency. But their highs are so high and their lows are so low. Like, what, what's going on with them? Oh, it just has everything to do with chemistry. They're, they don't lack for talent at all. Um, there was a game last week where they lost. I forget who to at the moment. But I don't know if you all caught this, but uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith was in the locker room. And um, my, my own reporter was there. I have a reporter that covers the wings. And she told me it was pretty frosty in the locker room after that game. And Skylar... Uh, Skylar Diggins was quoted in the lead of the Dallas papers story as, as she was pissed and she looked up and she said, that's my statement on the game. We got our asses kicked and people need to step up and da, 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 da. So clearly, um, you know, there's maybe some disagreement or some discord as far as how things should get done or some chemistry issues, but that has kind of been nothing new with that team. They've sort of had those issues for a few years now. And so, 
whatever it is, a long time ago in a city far, far away, I learned that you can never pretend to know what's going on on a team unless you're on that team. So how they want to deal with that and address that is up to them. But from the outside, that is what's going on because now they are even more talented than ever with, with Liz. So maybe today was a step towards patching any issues up. I don't know. Um, but if they could probably fix that chemistry stuff, they would really turn into a winning team. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I say bold statements all the time. I'm not going to lie. And I said before the season that, and this is even before knowing how dominant Liz was going to be, that if at the end of the season they were not legit fighting for a top three seed in the playoffs, then to me you got to start thinking about where this head coach is going and if he should if, if, if he should be staying with the team. Um, I don't want to harp on Dallas too long, though. Moving on to Lynx, uh, Rachel, talk to me about the Lynx just flipping the switch over the past seven games. Well, I just think this is a team that – They've got a championship mentality. You know, I, I always go back to that week. I think now it was maybe two and a half, three weeks ago where they happened to have, it was a, a really rare off week in the season. Um, and I think Coach Reeve called it kind of like a mini uh, training camp. Um, and they, they used that as an opportunity to really kind of fine tune some things, get back to themselves. I've referenced this many times. And I think that was such a pivotal point for them where they were able to kind of rest, recuperate, get back to some basics. Um, do some things that, you know, teams need to do sometimes. And they really utilize that time. And ever since then, they've been on a roll. I think they're they're playing with confidence. Sylvia Fowles and Maya, Maya Moore, I mean, single-handedly the other night, scored 60 combined. <laughs> um, so so we're watching Maya Moore, even though, like, like in today's game, was kind of an off night. You know, she, she really kind of took over down the stretch um, and, and really was a difference maker of, of coming through with that win. So um, we all know Sylvia Fowles is – arguably the most dominant post player in the league. Um, so, I mean, they're playing really well. They're, they're playing confident. Um, I think this will be a really big week with, with them going in and matching up against the Sparks again. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see where they, how they do this week, how, how that matchup goes, especially now that they've kind of got their rhythm going. Um, but I don't know. Sue, how do you feel about them? Um, you know, the Maya Moore and Sylvia Fowles have obviously stepped up. That's the one-two punch. It's interesting. I just find the whole situation fascinating. Um, basically, Cheryl Reeve didn't really start using her bench until they came here to play L.A. on June 3rd after the quote-unquote collapse had started. And um, so then all of a sudden, you know, Danielle Robinson is getting major minutes. And, um, you know, Alexis Jones is getting major minutes. And so, you know, her, uh, I noticed that Cheryl had, as then she said in the podcast two weeks ago that she, you know, she needed to rest people. She realized that she needed to rest Rebecca Brunson. And so she wouldn't have her, um, you know, worn out by the end of the season. And the trainer told her that. And I was like, wow, this is fascinating. So, but I'm noticing in the minutes for these last two games that Rebecca Brunson's minutes have crept back up as have Lindsay Whalen's. Um, so, and then she's, you know, the coach is relying a little bit less on those reserves. I know Daniel Robinson is out today, but what about Temi? Temi, what about Temi? She still isn't playing. Um, Cecilia only had five points today. So, I don't know. I'm just wondering if, we'll see. I'm just wondering if the coach is kind of falling into her, her old habit. She was quoted in my own reporter's story Friday saying it was so hard to just keep them in there and not the reserves and just not yank them out 
and put my, so it's killing her to leave the reserves in and get them some time. But, and so the minutes are creeping back up. So the question for me going down the stretch here, you guys, is are the, are the veterans going to be able to withstand all these pounding minutes? Um, Maya has 31 minutes again today. I mean, Maya is a hell of a woman, but she is tired sometimes. So to me, that's what it is. You guys, I just hope that, that the, the bench players are able to get enough minutes, minutes equals experience to get enough experience in there to make a difference for them down the stretch. Cause it's a short season, but it's a long season. So in another month and a half, it's going to be more games, six more weeks of pounding and pounding and pounding for 25, 35 minutes a game. So what's going to be left? I guess we'll just see. Yeah. And, and moving on to dream fever, Rachel, Talk to me real quick about this game. I mean, not not the most exciting of games. It came down to four points, but talk to me a little. Well, I, you know, the Dream Fever was a great, kind of a great game for Victoria Vivians. Um, You know, we, we know what she's capable of doing just from a scoring standpoint. She's shown flashes of that so far this season. You know, she ends up going five for seven from the three-point line, finishing with 27 points in 33 minutes. And so the play of Vivians has really stepped up tremendously. Um, Candace Dupree, you know, came in clutch down the stretch. You know, ultimately in this game, the Fever kind of fought back from from a deficit, which is not unusual for them this you know this season. That they're one in sixteen, they're struggling to win games. They've yet to, you know, uh, they dig they dig themselves a hole when games start. You know, they start at, at the Dream jumped out ahead of them thirty to twenty two in the first quarter. Um, you know, it was, there was a massive deficit at halftime, but they were able to battle back a little bit in the second half. But ultimately, their downfall was just their start. You know, they started so slow. But, you know, you did have the veterans, you know, Candace Dupree, Natalie Achanwa, who really stepped up in double figures. Uh, but, man, this, you know, this Fever team really struggles from just a veteran leadership standpoint. There is so much youth. And I think Kelsey Mitchell, for instance, you know, she goes one for eight and you know, that's a lot of empty possessions there. You know, we know she's a high volume shooter. We know she can flat out fill it up, but in 25 minutes of play, she finishes with three points. I mean, that, that's a massive blow uh, for the rest of your team to have to take. And so, you know, the, the dream are a solid team. They're still trying to figure it out. I think when they are at their best, you know, when they're really locking down and defending, um, they had five players in double figures tonight. And, and when they're able to kind of spread the points uh, throughout the team that way, that's kind of when they've been able to be consistent and win games. And so they were able to hold out. Uh, Brittany Sykes led the way with 20. Angel finished with 15. Um, Tiffany Hayes with 19. So um, the Dream did a great job. But I think you know the, the, the big news with the Fever is the signing of Cappy Pondexter today, who Cappy was just let go by the Sparks on Thursday. So I think that's an interesting move. I'm not surprised by it because I think um, it's a great fit with Cappy playing with um, – Cappy spent her time in Chicago playing for Pokey before. So these two are kind of reunited. Cappy getting signed by the Fever. Yeah, and the Fever, I mean, how many games have they lost going to overtime or in the last moment? So I, I, I can't disagree with that. Moving on to – Aces and Sparks, a game that maybe people thought was going to be a little bit closer if you didn't pay attention to to travel records and uh, injury records, if you will. Um, the Sparks trounced the Aces 87-71, but as we all know, the Aces-Sparks played a few days back where Aces were able to pull out a big win over LA. Rachel, some thoughts on it? Well, this is kind of what I had predicted would happen. Um 
the Aces did a tremendous job a few days ago, just really taking advantage of the Sparks' tired legs, um, not having Neka Ogumake out on the floor. Um, they played tremendous as a unit, and they were able to pull up that upset at home. Um, now, you here you go two days later, <laughs> you're in L.A., um, you know, with, with a team with, you know, Candace Parker, Neka Ogumake's back, you know, I, I really had the feeling that LA would respond to this magnitude and, and I'm not surprised by it. Um, I just thought that, you know, it, it could get out of hand early. I really felt like they did a great job of turning over um, the aces. I mean, they turned it over 21 times, which is, you know, an obscene amount of turnovers. They capitalized on those turnovers. I mean, they were like textbook. Um, they, they punished them from every mistake they made from a turnover or even a missed shot standpoint. They got the ball out, they pushed it up, and they're shooting layups. Um, and, and it got out of hand very quickly. I, over the past you know day or two, I guess since the, the Aces beat the Sparks, a lot of people, and I'm not even going to get into the back-to-back, which I think is insanely important in this scenario, but the Aces, every team that they've beaten that, that stat-wise or, or record-wise they're better than, Washington missing EDD and Cloud, uh, Seattle missing Clark and Bird, LA missing NECA. Other than that, they've only beat two teams that are worse than them. Are people a little bit too hyped on the Aces right now? I know it's not like they're not getting like major hype, but are people jumping the gun on them? I think they are. Um, but let's move on. Moving on to the Liberty in the Sky, another ridiculously exciting game. Rachel, I know you got some feelings on this. Went to OT, Liberty win 97-94 in Chicago. Talk to well, me, Rachel. I, you know, I think it was a much-needed win for the Liberty. Um, they needed that desperately, and especially being able to go um, and, and kind of snap the Chicago Sky winning streak, you know, out on the road. Um, that was something they desperately needed, and, and it really came down. I mean, it went to overtime, came down to the wire, um, but it was, it was honestly kind of an ugly game, really, especially in the second half. It was exciting. From like a you know an X's and O coach's standpoint, man, that thing got ugly at times. Um, the Liberty kind of just hung with it. You know, they were able to kind of capitalize on some really pivotal sky turnovers down the stretch, um, or missed opportunities, if you will, um, where they were able to kind of get the ball inside to, to Charles. She 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 went to work. She finished the game with twenty eight um, nine for eighteen from the field. She she got to the free throw line ten times, uh, which was big, especially down the stretch and. Earlier in the game, they weren't going to her as much, um, and and you know that's that's not unusual, I guess. Uh, but but you know when she decided to kind of go down on the block and take advantage of the mismatch with Gabby Williams, you know she they, she had success from the sky standpoint. Um, you know it was really the Allie Quigley Courtney Vandersloot show. They combined for forty eight points, and um, after that, you know Cheyenne Parker's been playing very well. She's she's been coming off the bench, giving some, some really solid minutes. She finished with thirteen. Um, Diamond to Shields finished with 12, you know, goes three for 12 from the field. And I, I felt like really in, in that fourth quarter, in that overtime period, they, they really needed like like Diamond to Shields or Stephanie Dolson to kind of like hit that big shot or step up. And, and like, you know, I, I think it came down to uh, some missed opportunities just from shots. You know, Dolson had some great looks, 15 footers, um, you know, wide open threes that, that you know, she, she, she's used to kind of hitting, especially in key moments. Um, that didn't fall. Um, and then, you know, you combine that with some really tough turnovers. Jamira Faulkner gets a great look um, to really kind of kind of seal the game and, you know, misses it by like two feet to the left. And so it, it was a great game, super exciting. But, um, you know, I just they had their chances. I think the sky let one slip, slip, slip through their hands there. 
I thought it was interesting because they played earlier in the season. I want to say like one of the first or second games of the season when the Sky started off with that 2-0 start. And this game kind of ended a lot more how I expected that game to end, where the Sky kind of stumble and the Liberty show maybe a little bit more veteranness to them. Um, but this game was just not not in par. And, and something, you know, we've seen the Sky kind of kind of roller coaster around about where they've been all season. There hasn't been a lot of consistency, if you want to talk about that. Some team that I'm curious, everybody who covers the WNBA's take on this, the Seattle Storm. They're, they are one of those teams that when they're clicking, they are just scary. And I love Dan Hughes's confidence in his team to really let his veterans take control and let them play basketball that they are good at playing. I mean, they have so many tools that it's almost it's ridiculous thinking about how, like, this roster came together, and we're finally seeing the team that for a few years now everyone has been craving, you know, seeing Stewie and seeing Jewel just light up the score sheets and, and light up the, the stat sheets in general. And then Sue, I mean, everyone, people have been talking about, you know, Diana Taurasi's resurgence at her age, but let's talk about Sue Bird for a second. I mean, you talked about throwing the ball behind her back. She's just been ridiculous all season. That place was rocking today. On the other end of the stick of that, though, Connecticut Sun, which, Rachel, I'm going to let you take this one. Um, I, I don't even know what to say about them right now. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you know, they finished the week one and two. They were able to kind of pull out a win over the fever. Now, in terms of just kind of today's game against the Storm, definitely was not um, – Really, that they never really stood a chance. I think they were behind the majority of the game. The score ended up being, you know, eighty-four seventy in Seattle's advantage, but it was a little bit uh, more out of hands than that than what the score even shows. But you know, Connecticut's—they're um, in a rough patch. They're in a very, very long rough patch. They're still without Alyssa Thomas. Today, they played without Courtney Williams. You know, she she's she missed the entire trip due to personal reasons. So hopefully, everything's okay with her there. But. Um, you know, you're missing two, two of your starters, and, and that, that, those are major minutes. Um, now, now, Alyssa Thomas, they've been without for, a, you know, a few weeks now. So you would, you would think that there might be some sort of adjustment by now where it starts to kind of, I don't know, fill that gap or other, other players are stepping up. Um, I thought for a period of time, you know, um, maybe Bannon might, might be one be able to step up. But, but I, I, you know, I just think it hurts them not having Thomas. Um, being without Williams, you know, they're just, they're not able to score at the volume that they were. Um, they, they don't look as confident as, you know, they have been, but this, let's talk about the week they have ahead of them. I mean, they, they've got a, a monster week ahead of themselves when they, they, they hit the road and they go out and, and play. I forget the order of it, but it's either LA Phoenix and then the aces all on the road. So this is going to be a big week for them. Um, could potentially, you know, get a little more banged up, or maybe they respond a little bit. I, I really hope they respond. Talking about Alyssa Thomas, when I see her play, I immediately think of uh, uh, of Rebecca Brunson and her style of play, that, that glue that keeps the team together and does all the little things that really matter. And, and now I feel like the first thing people say will, or the argument they'll say is, you know, Alyssa Thomas can shoot the three a little bit better. So I'll, I'll make the asterisk and say, if Rebecca Brunson started shooting the three a little earlier in her career. It's it's frustrating, and it's funny because, like, you know, at the beginning of the season, conversations I was having with people and Rachel and I were having was who's going to be that player on their team that steps up when, you know, 
all right, in a in a one game playoff, one person can go. Who's going to be that person who steps up and has and can 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 take the game over late in the game and do that in a series? And now the question is just, you know, when, when's Alyssa Thomas coming back so we can start wondering about that that other problem again? And then someone who started to stand out to me really was Courtney Williams, just because I, I so Courtney Williams' jump and the way that she's active in the paint is mind boggling when when you realize what position she plays. Rachel, any last thoughts? No, I mean, I, it's a long season. You know, as Sue kind of alluded to at the beginning of the show, it's a very long season. I think you're going to see peaks and valleys from different teams. And Connecticut Sun had, you know, the honor of being the team that really started out incredibly hot. Um, and here we are half, really at the halfway point. Um, and then we've seen other teams peak, other teams in valleys. And so the Sun, you know, it'll be curious to see when and how they get themselves out of this. But I still, you know, you've got Kurt Miller coaching them. They've got, um, you know, chemistry on that team. They're going to they're gonna respond. Hopefully they get everybody back and healthy. Um, but, you know, I'm looking forward to this week. I, th- I think we've got some big-time matchups ahead of us this week. And um, I think we're going to continue to see those standings fluctuate quite a bit. Yeah, and I'm hoping they get those that uh, that end of the game score total up back towards the 90s, like they had early in the season. Thank you so much for joining us. I am Aria Schwartz, along with my co-host Rachel Galligan. This is the WNBA Insider Show, and we had an amazing guest in Sue Favor. Make sure to check her out.